Welcome back, welcome back. It's Leaves Late Night. I am your host, Roscoe, joined by... Nobody? Oh, I'm alone tonight. That's right, it's just me. How's it going, me? Oh, good, how are you doing? Oh, it's pretty good, it's Halloween. Getting ready to hand out some candy tomorrow night. Pulling out an old Joker costume because I have nothing else to wear because it's a pandemic and I haven't gone costume shopping in a long time. It's going to be great. Oh, and the Leafs won. Look at that. Home game win. Leafs take down the Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> Five to four. Very back and forth game. But uh, all of that aside, the Leafs played well. Everybody played well. Uh, eh, mostly everybody played well. Um, came out swinging in the first period for the first time this season. They didn't look slow. They didn't look asleep. They didn't show up late. Um, instead they saved that missing five minutes for, you know, <laughs> the end of the game. So, pardon me, uh, Leafs came out strong in the first period. Everybody had some good chances. Marner looked like he was back. Matthews looks like he's back. Tavares looks like he's back. Neilander still waiting. First couple of games he was good. He's fallen off a little bit, I hate to say. But, uh, everybody was pretty good in the first period, um, the Leafs managed to score in the dying seconds uh, of the first there. Jake Muzzin silencing the haters. So Jake Muzzin uh, had a really good night tonight. He was playing with um, TJ Brody on the second pair with uh, Justin Hall, a healthy scratch tonight. Keep sending a message there by uh, giving him the bench. He's had a couple rough games with uh, Jake Muzzin there. They're supposed to be the defensive pair, and they have not been defensive, to say the least. Uh, the first line was Travis Dermott with Morgan Riley, who just inked his new deal that we'll talk about later. And uh, the third pair, Sandine and Lilligren, who were just fantastic. Uh, I'd like to see that Keefe was giving them equal minutes uh, top to bottom there with the defensive pairs. So, you know, decent numbers from everybody. Gave uh, the young guys a good, nice chance to shine. So um, some penalty kill minutes, some power play minutes. It was uh, it was a good show from them. So like I said, Muzzin buries that first one um, at the dying minute of the first period. So we go into the second with a lead. Yay. Uh, and the Leafs don't have an abysmal second period for a change. Uh, they give up a power play goal, unfortunately. Um, Justin to or Justin John Tavares took a hit from Rasmussen, I think his name is, and uh, right after he came back on, retaliated with a bit of a unnecessary hand slash, and uh, unfortunately gives up a penalty to the Red Wings, and they are able to capitalize on their first shot of their first power play. So, kind of sucks because Detroit's power play sucks uh, worse than the Leafs does. Uh, so then, Leafs turn it around, and uh, Michael Bunting breaks the power play drought. Um, I think they were 1-41 in at, uh, at home on the power play. That's just, I think it's a 2.7%. That is abysmal, guys. Come on. So 2-42 and 42 now. Much, much better. Uh, Michael Bunting, like I said, ends that one. Um, their line was okay. Uh, Bunting played pretty well. Matthews had some good looks, but like I said, Nylander... Came into the zone a lot, and a lot of spin around and looking, and throwing passes without looking, and throwing shots without looking, and I don't know. He's uh, he's given up a lot of his hot streak to the rest of the team, for better or worse. 
So we go into the third period, the Leafs have a 2-1 lead. Third period just explodes. Each team scores three. So uh, we have the captain, uh, JT, scores a beautiful one. He and Kerfoot would just lit it up back and forth, each getting a goal. Tavares with two assists. And uh, Mitch Marner on a kind of weird behind-the-net play by uh, by Thomas Grice. Um, he lost the puck back there, and Marner was able to swipe it away and bury one for his first of the season and first in quite a while so uh good to see him with his big smile with his shiny new veneers and his confidence back so good for mitch we love to see it hope it keeps up matthews just needs to score one or i'm just gonna lose fantasy at this point <laughs> too much riding on him doing well um so some ups and downs peter Morazic played well i think uh, some of the goals could have been avoided defensively. Um, I think the defense played well offensively. Muslin and Brody even had a two-on-one. But, uh, yeah, Dermott had a bit of a back-and-forth with one of the Red Wings and then threw it back to who... I mean, I guess he thought Matthews was going to grab it, but it didn't look like there was much communication there. So Dermott throws it towards Matthews, and it goes off of a Red Wing stick into the front of the net, and uh, one of them buries it. I think it was Nita Ryder. So, uh, Red Wings capitalized on the mistakes that the Leafs made, to say the least. Uh, they scored, on average, within about two minutes um, after the Leafs scored all their goals, which was kind of annoying. And Leafs also unable to bury an empty net goal at the end there. So, you know, a little frustration uh, was definitely setting in at the end as they were unable to get it at the zone. Um, but otherwise... The Leafs held pretty good zone coverage. They uh, they outshot the Red Wings. They out-possessed um, them. And uh, all in all, outplayed them. I think it was just a couple bad mistakes that unfortunately ended in goals. And uh, that's something that going to have to tighten up on moving forward. Uh, if they want to keep this up, they're now 4-4-1, and I believe. Uh, putting them at 9 points. So playing at 500 is not going to get them into the playoffs at this point so they're going to have to step it up and part of that's going to be fixing these little defensive blunders um i don't know if dermot's going to stay on the first defensive pair i really think that as well as sandine and lil are going to play together i think one of them probably sandine um should go up on the first line with uh with riley or i don't know i think there's some combination without hole that doesn't have dermot on the front whether that's riley with uh brody and Dormant with Muzzin, or um, Riley with uh, Sandine, and um, Dermot on the third line with Lilligren. I don't know. But I think there's a way to get him off the first, because I don't think he is suited to be on a first defensive pair, because Riley has been playing very well, and uh, it's, I don't think, fair to him to have to cover mistakes for somebody that has just really since the playoffs last year against Montreal, just proven to not be that defensively aware all the time. Like, it's not really Riley's job to be covering for that um, at this point. So I think if he's not playing up to the standard, he should be bumped down instead of up. Uh, but I think that's what Keefe is trying to keep going here, is there's a lot of competition between the defensemen. There's only a few of them that have their spots in the starting lineup solidified, and there's a couple guys that are going to uh, really get a chance, and if they can't can't prove it then someone else is going to take it really quick and uh, Justin Hall is the first victim of that as he's a healthy scratch so some things to improve on but all in all 
the Leafs um, played as they should against a team that is in a stage of rebuilding like the Detroit Red Wings currently are. I mean, Iserman's got a lot of good young players there. Um, Bertuzzi was just invisible out there. Um, didn't get a single shot. <laughs> Stole that one from Twitter. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't remember who it was from, but shout out. Uh, that just, it was so funny. I had to. Uh, but, I mean, a lot of young guys in Detroit, they played well, but at the same time, they're a young rebuilding team without the star power that the Leafs have. So the five goals is expected, the four goals against isn't. So some things to learn on. But the power play scored. Power play scored finally. I don't know who uh, who bet against that, but um, <laughs> I'm sure there was some money made on that one. I'm bad at sports betting, okay? I shouldn't even comment on it. So, uh, moving on to Leafs news. This is going to be a short one, as I am alone. Morgan Riley inks his uh, 7.5 million a year times 8 years contract. So, uh, Dubas locking this down early, didn't want to drag this out. Riley locking this down early, didn't want to drag this out. And um, I've had some time to think about this since he signed it. And um, I've gone back and forth a few times. As much as I like Riley, I know he's, you know, done a lot of learning over his time with the Leafs, but he's proven to be a leader and he's made, his offensive game has stepped up uh, immensely tonight. He really showed that that contract means something to him and he's going to try to play up to it. Um, I think over the years, as he gets older, his defensive play will start to settle a bit. Um, He won't be as as jumpy and nervous as he sometimes gets in. I, I think he's gotten better with that over the last year or two um, anyway. But I think this contract, the AAV at 7.5 is much better than anything that we've seen this year signed from defensemen of his caliber. I mean, Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, Charlie McAvoy, the list goes on. They all signed between 8.5 and 9.5 and and million. So, I mean, 7.5 for 8 years, that's... Pff, in 4 years, it's going to be a joke. Right now, however, it's not a joke. Uh, Dubas has some more cap gymnastics to uh, try to pull off between now and the deadline and the deadline and, uh, you know, July 1st. But, hey, it's his job, not mine, to figure that out. So, hoping he can work in a way to get Campbell in there, too. But, mm, it's tough. I mean, Bunting is already locked in for another year. Eh. Who knows where the money's going to come from? Oh, yeah, we're not paying Phil Kessel anymore. Da-da-da-da. Phil Kessel's $1.2 million comes off the books next year, which, um, did anyone know he, we were still paying Phil Kessel? <laughs> and I think, like, every team he's played for in the last, like, like the last four teams he played for are all still paying him. Oh, man. So uh, Leafs get that relief, and that should help a little bit, um, especially with such a cap-strap team like the Leafs. Uh, but Riley at seven and a half, I think puts him when we're talking about the big four, we've started to exclude William Nylander because he's in that $7 million range. And I think when he signed it, that was a big number, but as the years have gone on, that number doesn't seem that bad anymore. And we've started to say, well, we'll exclude Nylander. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll take Nylander out of that. Riley's deal is in that category. Like this is going to look good for the whole time 
honestly, there's no way that this number is going to look bad um, against comparables. Uh, it it protects him from the Toronto media as well. It protects him from criticism at that that number. It's really a safe number for him and for the team and for the fans. I think it's just a really nice contract for Morgan Riley to sign. And like I said, Dubas getting that done in October just gets it out of everyone's heads. Riley saying he didn't want to be public about it, didn't want to tell the guys, didn't want to, you know, say that they were even talking contract this early. I think it's smart. Um, unfortunately, on the other side of Leafs news, uh, Michael Amadio was claimed off waivers by the Vegas Golden Knights. So another one uh, falls to waivers by the Leafs overstocked top end. You know, there's for a team that's been so strapped to find goalies and defensemen over the years, it's insane how many forwards we lose. So uh, Adam Brooks going earlier this year to uh, Montreal, and now uh, Michael Amadio goes to Vegas. Now I liked him. He uh, couldn't really break into the lineup. He had a couple chances, but uh, it's tough. Because if anybody got hurt, he would probably be the first person in. So that's tough. Um, we'll have to look through the Marley's lineup to see who that next forward in is but uh man at one point you look at it going into the season you go wow the Leafs have a lot of forward depth and uh, once that cap kicks in it's tough to keep all these guys around all these one-way contracts they're going to lose a lot to waivers unfortunately uh it's been the story the last couple years with goalies so now it's uh they're overstock of uh of forwards that are getting claimed I think this means that Dubas is going to have to make a move. Um, I mean, they've they've locked up enough money that some money is going to have to go out. Unfortunately, even though, like, Alex Kerfoot, like I said with Muzzin, has been getting so much hate, and he silenced a lot of haters tonight, too, by, um, by getting a goal and an assist with uh, Tavares. But... That number with him, it just it hurts them a little too much. At three and a half, it's it's crazy because it's, it's not a huge contract, and on most teams that would be good. It's just where he fits in the lineup of this team. It's I don't know if they can afford it because he has floated between the third line and the the second line, and the Leafs can't afford to pay three and a half for somebody that's on the third line, and that position is just kind of full right now. I think he's got to move Kerfoot for a left winger. Um, with Morazic back, I'm not as nervous about the goalie situation anymore. He played really well. But uh, I think I think we're going to see him make a move before, um, bef- obviously before deadline day. But I'd say even before Christmas, something's going to happen here. Especially if the Leafs are still kind of riding this 500 line. Hopefully this hot streak from tonight um, picks up and keeps going. But Chicago and Detroit are not the best teams. And we're going up to, uh, I mean, it's Vegas, Boston, and Tampa are the next three games. I don't know if the order's correct there. But, man, those are not going to be easy. Uh, We came out of Carolina with Keith saying that we learned lessons from playing a real playoff caliber team. Uh, Barely squeaked out two wins against really not good teams that aren't built for the playoffs. So, a little nervous to see how these next three games go, but... Like I said, everyone looked good. Let's just keep it up and play better defensively, and it shouldn't be a problem. And let's take some uh, less bad penalties, please. Please? (laughs) 
Alright, uh, we'll take a quick break and then we're going to come back with some scores around the league and some fantasy news. Alright, we are back. We're back. Thank you for tuning in. So, uh, just some quick news updates from around the league. Jack Eichel trade talks have uh, have ramped up again and guess who is in front the vegas golden knights because they're in on everybody uh and the calgary flames apparently are the two teams that are in hot pursuit so it'll be interesting to see what happens with eichel because i mean still he needs to get the surgery we don't know how long he's going to be out um if they don't let him get it uh, if he doesn't get the surgery until he gets traded. And it's just, it's such a mess with Eichel that whoever picks him up is playing the long game. And I think those are two good contenders for teams that are playing the long game in uh, in Vegas and Calgary. Because I don't know if, if this year is the year they're going to make it. And I think they've maybe not accepted that, but I think they're okay with the lineups they have right now. But if they can add Jack Eichel to what they've got, forget about it. Calgary would all of a sudden be on par with uh, the Edmonton Oilers and um, and anybody else in that division. That's a dangerous team. And if they if he goes to Vegas, just that's an easy cup contender right there. Um, in other news, Joel Quenville is out as head coach of the Florida Panthers after uh, the fallout of the Blackhawks scandal. Um, somehow. He was allowed to coach a game while this was still going on. I'm just, I don't agree with that. But he met with Bettman, and Bettman's recommendation was that he resign. Um, I just want to add a little correction to our last episode about this. Um, I was getting frustrated about everybody being allowed to resign. Uh, in doing some more reading on this, it involves a lot of things with termination clauses. And I guess the idea is that if they resign, they're not getting money from the team uh, because they were let go. I get it. I still think it sends a better message to fire these people than let them resign because it's almost like giving the person the opportunity to choose their fate, which is not something that is given to a victim. So I don't think they should have the choice. I think it should just be you're fired, even if they pay them. Like, what? The, these people... Joel Quenville's been around for 40 years in this league, plus. He's... The money doesn't really mean anything, what they're paying him. I don't care if Quenville gets some uh, termination, um, what do they call it? Anyway, I don't care if he gets paid for getting fired. I just, I think it sends a better message around the league if they're actually firing people instead of allowing them to resign. Um, meanwhile, Kevin Sheveldayoff is not resigning as uh, Batman basically is letting him off the hook, as it seems. I don't know. He was in the room for that meeting. I get that he's the assistant GM, so there's a little less onus on him, but it's tough. If, you, uh, if you've if you been following the story, uh, there was a meeting of the executives of the Blackhawks and um, Joel Quenville and Kevin Sheveldayoff, along with Stan Bowman and um, Jim McDonough and, oh my god, Jim someone Rusk. There's one name I'm forgetting, I apologize. Um... So I don't know how everybody is forced to resign except Shuffle Day off in this situation. I don't know. But he's off the hook, so Winnipeg Jets get to keep 
their GM. Uh, and scores around the league, the uh, Predators beat the Islanders this afternoon in a shootout. LA Kings beat the Canadians 5-2. Devils took down the Penguins 4-2. Bruins took down the Panthers in a shootout. In uh, another overtime, the Sharks beat the Jets. So, phew. If you are a fantasy player like me, there were lots of high-scoring games tonight. We got a couple five-goal and a couple four-goal games. Um, I am just like I've been. Pl- I've been doing well. I don't want to brag. I'm in first place, but when your first picks Austin Matthews and he's got one goal, and your second pick is um, I don't know if he was my second, but I mean Max Pacioretty has been long-term IR'd. Blake Wheeler's got his first game back tonight after pff, so long. It's tough. I'm getting all my points from from de- uh, depth people and, and pickups. So if you want my tips on who to pick up, I've, uh, I've grabbed Andrew Mangiapane. If he is still available in your league, I don't know how he is, but grab him. This guy scores like almost every game. Um, I've got uh, Jakob Silverberg, who's also been fantastic. Um, as bad as Winnipeg's defense is, Neil Pionk and uh, Josh Morrissey have been awesome for me. And uh, Ivan Barbashev on St. Louis is my newest pickup. I'm hoping for something from him tonight. I need some assists, and he's uh, gotten two in his last three games. So fingers crossed there, because uh, some assists would put me on a big win this week, and I could take the lead over Steph. Don't tell Steph. She's definitely going to listen to this. but. <laughs> um, so with that, I think we'll end it there. I don't have a ton more to, uh, to do alone here, but uh, thanks for tuning in nonetheless. We'll be back after the next Leaf game against Vegas, I believe. I don't have it in front of me. But thanks so much. Follow us on Twitter at Leafs Late Night. We will be back.